Happy Thursday. Today is November 29th, and I am Melissa, the founder of A Yogi Kitchen. Welcome. It is so lovely to have you here at our virtual home for delicious yoga and mindful food. I am so honored that you're here with us because I know you're busy, you're tired, and there seems to be a limited number of resources and a limited amount of energy. And so I'm really, really happy that you chose to spend this time and this energy with me. So um, we're going to talk today about, well, first of all, what I was going to say was go ahead and pull up a chair and pour yourself something yummy. And um, let's just sit at the virtual kitchen table together and connect. Because that's what we do here. We come together to connect mind, body, spirit. We come together to connect with each other. Um, we are trading ideas and sharing and discussing tools and skills to help us mindfully manage our mental health. And just by being here together, just by sitting and touching a hand, a virtual hand and saying, I get it. I know I'm here. We're also fighting the stigma of mental health. So I'm really, really pleased to be here today with you. Uh, it's the Thursday after Thanksgiving. So it's been a whole week since Thanksgiving and we've had a tough week at our house. Um, it's been rough and I wanted to talk, um, about resetting and starting over. So I just wrote about this in the blog post. You can go there at, um, WordPress. It's just a WordPress blog. Like I don't even pay to have my own domain. I just use theirs. So it's, what is it? A yogi kitchen dot wordpress.com. I think is that what it is? Yeah. Or you can just go to wordpress.com and search a yogi kitchen everywhere that I am. I try to, uh, make it just a yogi kitchen. So it's very easy to find me. Um, I think the only place I'm not like that is on LinkedIn where I'm just Melissa Mitchell. Uh, but everywhere else I think I'm, I'm a yogi kitchen. So, um, I wanted to first off say that I have a little bad habit that I'd like to fess up to. I, when I'm in private, when I think no one is looking, I'm kind of a perfectionist and, um, it's a really awful thing. It's, it's a form of self abuse. It's, I'm listening to that verbal loop that's going on at the back of my head that's telling me I'm not enough and I'm showing up uh in the podcast as a bit of a perfectionist which how it shows up for me is that I will flub something or I will misspeak and then I'll record the whole damn thing so if it's it can be half an hour in and I'll be like oh no and I'll erase it and then re-record and so I want to I want to do better for myself and also for you guys um you know I want to be really me. I get so much out of being vulnerable and being open on both levels. It goes both ways. Um, one, when I just show up and I'm me and then you guys keep showing up here, it quiets that tape that says you're not enough. And, and I'll, I'll be really honest with you. Mine comes from literally hearing those words, uh, in my childhood. Basically it was that sort of, who do you think you are? and being told I'm not enough to do this, or I can't do that because I'm not enough. Um, and, and it's an awful thing and it doesn't come from who I was by any means. It was my parents verbally vomiting all over me about their own feelings and who they thought they were. Um, but it's still, it takes a lot to overcome. And when I show up and I, and I am just me, just being me, um, you guys really consistently give me great feedback that says I am. 
I am enough. And I don't need that outside validation all the time. Um, you know, there's a lot of times I look at, at who I am walking through this world and I think, wow, good job. You know, it's not pretty, it's messy and ugly sometimes, but you're doing it. And so it's that inner validation that is the most important to me, but sometimes it is nice to be like, and, you know, I get this outward, um, it's not, it's the approval. It's the, when I get that response from you guys, I sort of feel like I'm on the right track. Like, oh, okay. People are responding to this. This is the way that I want to go. So anyway, I'm trying to get rid of the perfectionism. What I'm going to do is try to do this as one take and not go back and rewind. Um, the thing that I might do that I'm learning I can do on Anchor FM now is just stop recording and do it in smaller segments and put it together as one whole segment. And that might be easy when I lose my train of thought or whatever. We'll see. We'll see if I am together enough to do that today. If not today, a different day. So I wanted to talk about resetting and starting over. So that's a little bit of it. Like I'm going to reset that habit. I'm going to try not to. Um, Oh, I forgot. So I was saying that I get a lot from being vulnerable in two ways. So I told you the one way, but the other way I get it is that, um, when I am vulnerable, so I, I speak a lot when I'm talking to people to a group or when I'm teaching a workshop or a class, um, or just when I'm working one-on-one with people, you know, I don't feel self-conscious. I'm perfectly okay with making mistakes. I'm perfectly okay with telling you my dirty little secrets, um, which I'm trying not to let them be secrets, but for some reason in the podcast, it's hard for me, but what happens often when I, especially when I'm giving a talk, um, afterwards people will come up and want to talk to me and I hear a lot of like, oh my gosh, when you said that, I thought you were speaking directly to me. Like that's my story too. And so that's really validating in a, in a very different kind of way. It's very soul validating. Like, here's my soul sister. Here's someone else in the world who gets what it's like to grow up like me. Because when you grow up in a violent household with a lot of secrecy, with a lot of dysfunction, um, with just a lot of awful stuff, it feels like you are the only person in the world. And I was told, do not tell anyone. I, not that I like felt compelled to keep the secret, which happens sometimes. Um, and, and there was a little bit of that, but a lot of it was don't talk to other people about our family. Um, then you think you're the only one going through it. And so when someone else comes up and says, oh my God, that was me too, I get it. Not only do I know they understand what it feels like to wake up in the middle of the night and hear breaking glass, but they also know what it's like to really like someone when you're, you know, 20 years old in college and be terrified of what that feels like, or they know what it's like to, um, be at work and screw up and be absolutely mortified that you've made a mistake. Um, they get that on a level that other people don't necessarily understand it. They get it in the same way that, that it happens to me. And so that's a really big gift. That is huge for me that I get to meet other people who are like me because in all honesty, a lot of times, you know, if I don't speak up, um, First of all, I get things from people who say, oh, everything looks so perfect for you. It sounds so great. And I'm like, are you joking? Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Because it is not perfect. Um, But if I don't speak up, if I'm not my messy self, if I'm not my human self, I'm standing in the crowd and I'm looking at the woman next to me with the perfect haircut and the beautiful 
um, wool long coat and her beautiful expensive heels and think, wow, she's got the perfect life just by her external, her external appearance. You know, somehow I kind of fall into that trap. And if I stand up and I say, I'm a mess, this is what's been going on with me, whatever. And then she turns to me and says, me too. Wow. That's, you know, we're all going through our stuff. We all have messes. We all have shit and we forget. And for some reason, I honestly don't know where this comes from. You know, on my personal level, it comes from my parents. Um, but I don't know where it comes from, but we think everyone else is living this great life and we're just struggling. The reality is the exact opposite. Everyone is struggling with something. Absolutely everyone is struggling with something. Whether it's big stuff like a death, um, you know, not big stuff, but an, an actual thing that's happened like a death, a divorce, a loss of some big kind, or whether it's, you know, stuff that we kind of have brewing in our minds that maybe isn't all that big, but in our heads, it feels really big or in our hearts, it feels really big. So anyway, that's, that's what I get from, from showing up is I get that validation that you guys like to hear that, that it helps you um, process on your own, but I also get the connection from another person. I get that me too. And, oh, and then invariably I grab someone's hand and I'm like, you know, thank you. Thank you for coming up and saying that to me because especially if I'm giving a talk and I'm standing up there looking at all these faces and it feels like I'm the only one here talking about my shit, which is true. I'm the only one here talking about my shit. Um, and then someone comes up and I'm like, okay, you were there with me too. Like I wasn't standing here alone. You were standing with me and that feels really, really good. So, okay, I'm babbling. So that's what I'm focusing on is trying to do this as one take and not let my perfectionistic self take over and need to edit myself. And sometimes I'll do it just because I feel like I'm babbling. I'll be like, oh, Melissa, they don't want to hear your crap. Shut up. So that's another little self, uh, self abuse going on there is my negative self-talk. Um, okay. So we're talking about resetting and starting over. So I just had this interesting session with my business coach and it was actually a group session and it was just a, we, we got together on zoom and, and we were having a group discussion and it was about serving our people, serving our audience. So I personally believe that my, my purpose here on this planet is to love and to be of service. And I, I really believe that those two things go hand in hand, that if I don't love, I can't truly be of service. I used to date someone who was a public servant and really talked down about the people that she served. And I was completely floored by that. I'm like, wait, you love being a public servant, but you hate the public. I, it was, it floored me um, and was a red flag that I didn't take note of quickly enough. Um, but anyway, uh, I don't believe that's possible. I don't believe that's me truly being of service. I, I have to love in order to be of service. So, um, I, so, so we talked about in our group today, I sort of lost my train of thought there for a second. We talked about in our group today, how, you know, being of service, sometimes we get very caught up in what we, we think people need. And sometimes it's very easy, especially in the yoga therapist sort of position is they hear how people are doing mind, body, spirit. And I'm like, Oh, well, here's what you're going to do. And it doesn't resonate with them. And I'm like, no, 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 no. All you gotta do is this. And it doesn't resonate with them. And I want it so badly for them, but I can't want it more than they want it for themselves. And they also may have their own way of getting what they want. 
And I have to step back from that and just say, this is my knowledge. This is my experience. And I want to share with you. And if it resonates with you, awesome. And if it doesn't, that's okay. We'll find a different answer. And so a lot of us in the helping slash healing professions, uh, we're often get caught up in that. I know what you need to do instead of listening and being of service in what people are saying to us. And so I, I feel like I do that a lot, but I, I know that it's a trap that we easily fall into. So there's probably times that I'm not actually being of service, um, that I'm saying, oh, I want you to do this. And I was thinking about this, um, in terms of resetting and restarting. And I don't, I can't remember if I just said this to you or not, but I did blog about it. You can go to wordpress.com and, uh, search Yogi Kitchen. And I blogged about what this has been like for me this year. So, I have two different thoughts going on. So it's been like for me this year and then what we're talking about for the end of the year. So let me do end of the year first. So um, I, a couple months ago, I had said we're working on being energy rich through the end of the year. And I realized that's not being of service. Um, it's what I want for people and it's what I want for myself. But it's not really what I'm hearing from everyone that they're they're angling to be energy rich. And what I'm hearing is, so here's what's happened. It came from a good place. Is here's what's happening. So I'm hearing people, my students, my clients, I'm hearing, you know, people who call in, people who email me, how energy depleted they are. And so my thing is, okay, well, let's do like an anti-inflammatory diet. Let's get, let's get energy rich. Let's do some restorative closes. Let's get energy rich. And that's not what they're saying to me. They're saying, I am depleted. I am exhausted. I just need to lay down and rest. I don't need to do one more thing. So I really want to listen to that. And I really want to thank some of you, especially the Lawrence women who came to pop up yoga the few weeks that I was in Lawrence in uh, the end of, I guess it was all November. I was there um, until two days ago. Uh, Thank you for telling me that again. Um, because by being vulnerable and real to me, I got to hear what you guys need. Um, and so it's not another diet plan. It's not another challenge. Um, it's you want to lay down and you want to rest. And so I want to honor that. And it, and it also makes a lot of sense. And I, and I realized that by saying, let's get energy rich. Um, I was responding at the time to some clients I have that really consistently get sick towards the end of the year. They push, push, push themselves. And they get exhausted by Christmas time and they miss out on a lot of Christmas stuff because they get sick and they're just exhausted. And so my answer was, let's get energy rich. And I guess what I meant by energy rich isn't what it sounds like. Like instead of let's gather our energy, I guess I mean, let's conserve our energy. Let's use it really, really wisely. So that is sort of the new direction I want to go in is let's conserve our energy. And it also makes sense that this part of the year, this is about turning in. This is about getting quiet. This is about, you know, if you look at nature, this is when everyone's hibernating and they're growing. So even though it looks like the trees are dead, they're actually, there's a lot going on down in the root systems that they're gathering their energy to be able to spring into uh, bloom. So uh, they're getting ready for spring. They're getting quiet for a while and then they're going to gather energy for spring. And so that's what traditionally humans do also. You know, the the days get shorter. We just had a day the other day. Um, it was a day where our, our schedule was off, but I told my, my honey, 
I was like, why don't you go see your kids? And he was like, oh, you know, I'm going to see him tomorrow. That's all right. And I said, are you sure? Because it's early. It feels like it's really late, but it's early. And he looked at his watch. And he's like, oh, my God, it's five o'clock. I'm like, yeah, it feels like it's 830, but it's actually five o'clock. And um, so that's part of that, I think, is it feels like it's late. It feels like we want to go to bed soon. It feels like we just need to turn in and, and, and take everything down a notch. Um, so I want to honor what I'm hearing from everyone. I want to honor the natural cycle. Um, so that was, that's part of let's shift this energy rich thing. Cause I was, I was like, let's do this challenge and let's do this anti-inflammatory diet and let's do these poses and let's do this thing to get us really energy rich. We'll get through the holidays feeling really energized and awesome. And we'll start 2019 on this huge high. And I realized, you know, that's not what I'm hearing from people that they want or need. And it's not, it's against sort of the natural order of things. So let's conserve our energy and use it wisely. Um, let's not push too much. So I still am going to push editing things, not saying yes to things that, that you really don't want to be saying yes to, um, say no sometimes. So we're going to talk about that more in starting over and resetting. But I also want to talk a little bit about my year. So as some of you know, um, I had a lot of death this year and honestly raise your hand if you are ready for 2018 to be over because it feels so like huge. It feels like everyone is having big stuff. I had uh, three deaths in six months this year. I have a friend, my sweet friend Iris had seven deaths since like February. So not even like the whole year, seven deaths between now and I think her last one was two weeks ago. Um, and they've been some big ones. Her brother, who she talked to almost every day and had lunch with every week. Um, a niece who's young in her 20s killed herself. Um, so lots of, and, and everyone feels like they're going through this. It feels like to me, everyone I'm talking to. I have another really good friend who um, didn't get divorced this year, but, you know, dealing with divorce takes lots of years. And so she's in the middle of dealing with all the aftermath of divorce. And it's been really scary on a financial level. She's been trying to renovate a building and it's just knocking her down and feeling the stress and the, the uncertainty and, and everything. And it feels huge for her. And it just feels like everyone's doing it this year. 2018 has been really, really hard. So for me, um, I did a lot of stuff this year that was sort of a starting over and I didn't really, acknowledge it. I wasn't intentional in, um, my, my thinking. I wasn't intentional with my actions and I'm feeling the brunt of all of that right now. So, uh, 2018, I ended a relationship at the beginning of this year. And it was just one of those relationships where, you know, I thought this is where I wanted to be for the rest of my life. I thought this was a good fit for the rest of my life. And I thought there were things that, oh, you know, this is just what you do in a relationship. This is what we all do. These are the compromises we all make in relationships. This is what it's like to be a grown up in a relationship. And we got to where my dad was really sick and my partner really wasn't there for me. And part of what was making this work was part of what I really disliked about it is we were doing a lot of long distance and I don't like long distance. Um, but when things weren't working out in our relationship, I could be gone for two months. And that was sort of how I could sustain. And then something happened where I just said, well, it happened that my dad got really worse 
And I just, I needed someone and my partner wasn't there. And I thought, well, that's not what you do in a relationship. And then I just saying that out loud, like one time to myself made it all click. Like none of this is what I'm supposed to be doing in a relationship. Maybe other people do it and maybe it makes it okay for them, but it's not who I am and it's not what I want to be doing. And that person was someone who says that a lot. This is what other people do. So I need to do it too. And I've never been that kind of person. And somehow I fell into that. I mean, it happened very slowly over a long period of time, but somehow I fell into that and I just thought, uh, uh-uh, I don't want to be doing this. I don't want to always be. I don't even know what the word is. Uh, it's not really compromise, but always saying, well, this is how relationships work. Because I think if you're in a relationship and it's working, you're probably not saying that all the time. So that relationship is sort of at its end. And I don't think it was just for me. I think it was mutual. We just hadn't done it. Um, even though we were still saying this is where we are for the rest of our life. And I, I think at one point I even said, I'm choosing to believe this is a rough patch. And I just, it was ready to let it go. I was ready to not live that way anymore. And, um, I met someone and I wasn't expecting to meet someone and he wasn't expecting to meet someone either. And, um, I fell really hard, really fast. And I was like, you know, this is not a good time. I just met someone. I just ended something. I, um, my dad's dying. Like this just really isn't a good time. And we just sort of ran towards each other. And the interesting thing about it was when we met, we'd been texting and, and emailing and when we met, uh, I looked up from the table I was sitting at as he said my name and I looked up and I was like, Oh, it's you. And it was just this, I know you, my heart knows your heart. My soul knows your soul. I know you in my blood and bones. Like, Oh, it's you. And it was just this, ha. Huh. And okay, so we're going to be together again. And I don't even know how to explain that. If you don't, if you don't get that, I don't know how to explain it. This is a man that I'd never met before, but I knew him. And so everything just sort of fell into place. There was no, how are we going to do this? What does it look like? Just by the time we started spending time together, we were living together. We never said, Hey, do you want to live together? We never talked about it. We just did it. And he is in a position where he can be with me most of the time as I travel around. And we never really discussed it too much, a little bit because, um, there was some job considerations. Um, but after the job considerations were kind of put aside, he just, we travel together and we're together and it just kind of all fell together. So there's this other complete starting over like completely ending one thing and starting another. And it just kind of fell into place. And I feel like I wasn't as intentional about any of that stuff. And then of course my dad died. And then a month later, a friend from college died. Um, A friend who was ill, but was supposed to be able to manage this illness for decades and died after just a few years with it. And then um, my aunt died. And that was a really hard one, much harder than I thought it was going to be. And I just, there was all this resetting and starting over and I just didn't really pay attention all year long. Um, And so I teach, I teach students two things really consistently. I feel like this is the Melissa, I don't know if this is it, but this is part of the essence of Melissa yoga is I teach people to be on their own mat. Like, do not worry about what anyone else is doing. Worry about what's happening on your mat because you're the only person in your own body and they're the only people in their bodies. So they can only 
have their own experience and you can only have your experience. So don't worry about what they're doing over there. Don't try to have their experience over there. Just have your experience right here. And in with that, so, so, so don't watch other people on their mats. I mean, you know, sometimes, yes, it's really lovely to watch people do a pose, a difficult pose that you can't do yet. It's, it's interesting to watch them. And actually I took a, a workshop a long time ago with Rodney Yee and, and there were people doing these inversions, these very complicated inversions. And someone said something about not being able to do that. And he said, well, your practice today then is to observe and to hold space. And I thought that is perfect. So yeah, sometimes we do that and we do look at other people's mats then so that we can observe and hold space for that person. And that's a great practice to be able to observe and to learn just from observation. Um, but for the most part, we're not looking at other people on their mats. We're paying attention to ourselves, how we're feeling body, mind, spirit. And so what I thought we might do right now is, uh, do a pose together. Hi. Okay. I got interrupted. I don't know that you guys heard that, but, um, at anchor FM you record on your phone. And so that I got a phone call. Um, I think all it does is stop the recording. I don't think you guys hear anything, but so anyway, I'm jumping right back in. So I thought we could do a pose because this is the other really big thing that I teach quite a bit. And I usually teach it with tree pose. So I thought maybe we could do tree pose together. And the idea is that as we're growing our tree, tree pose is a balance pose. Um, as we're growing our tree, it is so common for us to wobble out of it and drop a foot down to the floor, which is perfectly okay. Nothing wrong with that. But we like to pretend like, oh shit, nothing happened. Like I'm all good. And so we, we quickly put that foot back where it was before and we try to, to grow our tree from there. We try to be a tree from that wobbly place. Um, because for whatever reason, whether it's in our own heads or what's going on externally in the room, we don't want anyone to notice that we've, we've fallen out of a pose. Like how embarrassing, how awful, how disgraceful. And it's not at all. We all do it, especially in tree pose. Every single time we practice, we all fall out of it sometimes. Um, so I wanted to, so what I teach, what I tell people is don't do that. Don't pretend that didn't happen. Like go back to your center, reset, go back to that grounded place first, and then lift the foot and go back into the full pose. Because then you come from a place of strength. You come from a place of feeling grounded and having good, strong roots. The other way, you're just going to keep wobbling and you're just going to keep falling out of it. And it's one of those lessons that you learn on the mat then translates into the rest of your life. Don't pretend like you're not screwing up right and left. Let it be okay to screw up, take a breath and say, okay, I fucked up. It's time to reset. What am I going to do now? Instead of just forging ahead. And so that forging ahead, that saying, okay, these awful things are happening. I need to take a moment to get grounded and reset or just, you know, I'm screwing up. I'm, I'm messing up in this grieving process. It's being, it's messy and it's yucky and it's gross. And instead of just saying that and letting myself sit with it, I was like, okay, and now I'm going to go teach this class and now I'm going to go do that. Um, so it's about resetting. So I wanted to walk you through this pose real quickly and this wasn't planned, but I thought, oh, well, this is like my new, let's not over edit or over curate. Let's just be in the moment. So let's practice, um, tree pose for Shasana. So you're going to stand up and preferably you're not on a carpet or on a rug. You're on a hard surface and your feet are about hip width apart. And so I'm going to give you a bunch of, ex of, of direction. And if it resonates with you and you get it, awesome. If it 
you're like, what the heck does that mean? Let it float right over your head. Don't worry about it. So basically you're going to take what you need or take what you can and you're going to let go of the rest. And that's a perfectly okay way to approach a pose, especially if it's a new pose for you. So what I try to do is give everything from the very beginning instruction to the very advanced instruction. So wherever you are with the pose, you can practice it. So you're standing nice and steady on two feet. And I invite you to um, press down through all four corners of your feet. So through the big toe mound, the ball of your foot, the big toe mound, the little toe mound, and then each corner of your heel really press down nice and evenly on both feet and just feel that pressing and feel the, the muscles of your legs engage as you're pressing into the earth. So in yoga, we're not just standing on the earth, we're engaging with the earth, we're pressing into it, we're having a connection, a relationship with the earth. So then let's see if we can find that center, that grounded place. So maybe rock forward a little bit on your balls of your feet and then rock back a little bit on the heels and see if you can find that nice balanced place in the center where you're not leaning forward too much and you're not leaning back. And then again, press down really evenly through all four corners of your feet and then lift your toes and relax your toes, spread them nice and wide and then relax them down. So generally for most of us right now, we want the ankles under the knees, the knees under the hips, hips under your shoulders, relax the shoulders down. Chin is parallel with the floor and the top of your head is pressing up towards the sky. So we're gonna go back to the feet because the feet are the foundation. So that's the most important part of this pose is our foundation, making sure we are really steady. So close your eyes and just stand there. And if you are balanced well for your body, closing your eyes shouldn't be a huge problem. If you are off balance, sometimes closing your eyes will make you wobble, make you kind of fall out of it. So I want you to imagine your feet, imagine the soles of your feet touching the surface of the ground. And imagine that you can press out roots from your feet, from all the different places of your feet. So some of those roots are gonna be big and thick and strong because we've been on this planet for a bit, so we have some nice, long, deep roots. And some of them are gonna be those little kind of scraggly roots because we're also always just starting over and resetting and we're sending out new things in our lives all the time. So imagine that you're growing your roots into the ground and take a moment to picture that network of roots underneath you. And then from there, as you're pressing into the ground, you're gonna notice that the muscles in your lower legs probably engaged. I invite you to now, if you're not engaging them now, engage the muscles of the upper legs of your thighs. And as you do that, you're gonna notice your kneecaps lift just a little bit. And then see if you can press up through the, lift through the pubic bone. And as you do that, you're gonna notice your tailbone, your sacrum sliding down a little bit. And as your sacrum relaxes down towards the floor, you're gonna notice a little bit of external rotation through your, through your legs, through your femurs. 
So that lift from the pubic bone continues up through your belly button. So lengthen from the pubic bone to the belly button. And then from the belly button to the heart space, see if you can lengthen there. And as we do that, a lot of us, most of us have the tendency to flare our ribs. See if you can resist that. So not opening through the bottom part of your ribs, but relaxing the bottom part of your ribs down towards the pelvis a little bit, but then at the same time lengthening through from the belly button to the breastbone. That makes sense. And then see if you can just lift the breastbone up towards the sky. And as you do that, you're gonna feel your shoulders roll back a little bit. Take a moment, take a breath, inhale, lift the shoulders up towards your ears, and then press them back towards the wall behind you, squeeze them together. And as you exhale, relax the shoulder blades down towards the floor a little bit, releasing your deltoids, the top of your shoulders. So there should be nice space between your shoulders and your ears. And then the chin is parallel to the floor. So generally speaking, a lot of us with most of us with anxiety, we tend to jut our chins out a little bit, which could be causing you some neck, shoulder, upper back pain. See if you can bring your head back into alignment. So your cervical spine, the neck is nice and long, chin is parallel to the ground and pretend someone has a golden thread right at the top of your head and they're pulling you like a puppet and they're pulling your scalp, not just your scalp, your whole head up towards the skies. So nice, long cervical spine, shoulders relax. And so in this alignment, and this is the prep work, this is the, the beginnings of Tadasana, mountain pose, which is an advanced pose, but we all practice it probably on your first day of yoga. So this is a perfect place where you take what you need and let the rest go. So in this place where we're really well aligned, we should feel very easy, very light. And so sometimes for my Tadasana, I kind of can shift with this little micro movement. I shift into that feeling of lightness and easiness, and then I'll shift out and I shift back and I shift out. So see if you notice any lightness and easiness. And if it doesn't last that long, don't worry about it. It's perfectly okay. So now we're nice and balanced and we're nice and grounded. We have those big, strong roots tying us to the earth and you're gonna pick up one foot. Let's just say we're gonna to choose to pick up the right foot, don't move yet. We're choosing which foot we wanna pick up. So that's the foot that eventually is gonna get picked up. You're just gonna shift your weight to the other foot. So let's say we're shifting our weight to the left and we're standing with our weight on the left leg and see if you need to adjust your alignment at all for that. So that again, the ankle is under the knee and the knee is under the hip and the hip is under the shoulder. And then you're gonna move your Foot. So you're going to lift that right foot and it can go absolutely anywhere you want it to be except one place. Do not put that foot on your knee. So shifting that weight and putting your foot on the top of your other foot is a really lovely, simple, easy pose. It's a great beginner pose. It's also a great way to practice tree pose anywhere you go. So you can be standing in line at the grocery store and shift into tree pose and be having this really wonderful, grounded, peaceful experience in the middle of a busy holiday line. So just resting it there is a great pose. You get all the benefits of this pose just resting your foot there. If you would like a little bit more of a challenge, you could bring the right foot, the sole of the right foot, the curvy part of your sole is gonna caress the curvy part of your calf 
and you could just rest it right there and you're just gonna press in a little bit but as you're pressing in with the right foot you're also pressing in with the left foot you're contracting those I'm sorry not the left foot the left leg you're contracting those muscles of the left leg and this might be a really nice time to focus a little bit more on the pelvis see if you can contract your glute a little bit and that's gonna help that wobbly feel it's gonna help you feel strong like an oak and then also see if you can bring the pelvic floor up through your pelvis up towards the belly button. So it's almost like a Kegel exercise, activating that pelvic floor. See if you can lift, keep breathing through the lift. And then as you exhale, continue the lift and just keep that lift going as you're in the pose. And then finally, if you'd like to do the full pose, if you'd like to do the full challenge, you're going to pick up your foot and you can do this with your hand pick up your foot and the heel of your foot goes right into the groin. So the groin is not actually a muscle or vessels in your body, it is an area. So it's very top, it's the very bottom of your pelvis, very top of your inner thigh. There's a space where there's no muscle and that's where the heel, the corner of the heel of your foot fits right in there and you press in and the rest of your foot just rests against the, um, the muscle of your inner thigh. And so then if you've bent down to do that, go ahead and straighten up and relax your shoulders again and just be in this pose. So arms are resting at your sides, palms forward and take a few breaths and notice how this pose feels. Notice where the tension is. Notice where you might be able to bring some ease where you can breathe into it. And then the next time you inhale, let's think about growing some branches. So it's perfectly fine to do this pose with your hands at your sides, especially if you're at the grocery store or at some line at the mall. Relax your hands at your sides. Maybe you have bags in them and that's perfectly fine. But if you'd like to grow some branches, inhale and start to lift your arms and lift from the shoulders, lift up. And maybe you just do cactus arms, which means that the arms are parallel to the floor, bent at the elbows, fingertips pointed up towards the sky palms forward and breathe into that and see how that feels and maybe that's not the kind of tree you want to be today and if so go ahead and lengthen your arms stretching the fingertips up towards the sky spreading your fingers wide they could be facing each other they could be out palms away from you whatever feels best for you as you do this, see if you can relax your shoulders down so there's that nice space between your ears and your shoulders, squeezing the scapula together just a little bit, and have branches like a maple or an oak tree reaching up towards the sky, and keep breathing so you are feeling really compact because lots of muscles are contracting here. This is a strengthening pose. You are feeling really grounded. You have those big roots and those little scraggly roots all reaching down into the earth, connecting with earth energy, keeping you feeling strong, centered, balanced. So if you have fallen out of this pose at any point, the work is to go back to two feet on the ground and getting centered. And I think we're people who like to do differently for two reasons. I think we like to pretend like our accidents haven't happened. And we just grab that foot and stick it right back where it was. Like, oh, shit, nobody saw that. Nobody look. Let me just do this real fast and then we'll be fine. And then also we're people who, some of us are people who don't like to take time. 
for the foundational work. And I can definitely be one of those people where I don't want to take the moment to find my, my center, to get grounded. I mean, if you say that to me, of course I say, no, no, of course I want to do that. But if I have to think, if I have to just, you know, say, oh, it's time to pause. I feel like I can't, I need to forge ahead for lots of different reasons. And this year was a year where sometimes I was forging ahead because I was being asked to, because there were things that were happening that needed to be taken care of immediately because of death or because of illness. And so it's understandable that it happens. And there were times where I also was really good at saying, okay, I'm about to walk into the shitstorm. I need to just be quiet for a moment, take a few nice long deep breaths, relax, make sure I'm hydrated, make sure I'm well nourished and be the best that I can be for this situation that's coming up that's going to be really difficult and suck. I was able to do that at times. But the big thing overwhelmingly that I wasn't able to do was say to myself and to the people around me, okay, we're starting over again. This is time to reset. This is time to find our bearings, find my bearings. Um, that was something that was really hard for me to do this whole year. And in, in all honesty, on some level, it never really dawned on me. So I am doing that work. I am hearing from you guys that you want to just lay quietly and you want to be still and you just need a break from it all. And I'm hearing it from people. And it's so interesting. People often say to me, um, you know, I, I know I should come to yoga. I know I feel better when I go to yoga. I just, I can't figure it in. I can't figure out how to fit it in and stuff. And they're apologizing. And I, I can't say this enough. Like every yoga teacher I know feels the same way. Every yoga therapist feels the same way. Like we have times where we're not on the mat as much as we'd like to. And I think when people hear that, they're like, oh, so you're doing like 45 minutes instead of doing an hour. I go sometimes for weeks without stepping on the mat. And I kind of kick myself and I hate myself. And then I say, Melissa, let's have some ease with this. Let's, you know, be gentle and kind and loving towards yourself, just like you guys do. So we're no different just because I have this title. Um, I struggle with a lot of the same things and people have this idea. And I've had a couple of relationships actually end because I think people were so disillusioned. They thought, oh, I'm going to date this yogi and things are going to be smooth sailing. It's just going to be really grounded and really peaceful. And then they met me, the real me, after they've been dating me for a while. They're like, oh, shit, this is who you really are. And uh, yeah, that went south fairly quickly a couple different times in my life. Um, so, you know, even though I have this title, I have the exact same struggles that you guys do. So I'm hearing it. It's time to get quiet and it's time to be peaceful and it's time to conserve our energy. And we're going to talk about actually what we're putting out there more um, in the spring. But right now we're going to talk about energy rich and editing and being able to say no. And what kind of skill does that take? Um, so that's what's coming up. And then also, as I'm trying to remember to do, is tell you guys what's coming up for me. So the last big holiday special I have, well, first of all, there's a, there's a store. I never talk about this because I don't tend to it very well. Um, there's a store on Zazzle.com, Z-A-Z-Z-L-E, where I have created some of the logo stuff. There's um, a great logo cup that I really love. It's a coffee mug, and it's got the it's got me with my little uh bowl practicing tree pose that's our logo i conceptualized it years ago 
and my daughter, who's an artist, drew it for me. It's just a stick figure, but it's me. It's very obviously me cooking and, and practicing yoga at the same time. Um, and the cup is inhale, love, exhale, peace. So that's something that I teach a lot. If you've ever been in a workshop with me or even a talk that I've given, we often practice that breath work, that pranayama. And I think it's really lovely, you know, to have it as you're drinking your coffee and to remember inhale, love, exhale, peace. So that's on a few different things. And then, um, I have, uh, what are they? Aprons, kitchen aprons that have the long time sun. So this is something I don't do here. Maybe we should start doing this here. I hadn't thought about that till right now, but I don't do it here. But when I teach, um, a workshop or a class or even a private session, I end with a blessing and it is the same blessing that my teacher ends her classes with. Um, and she's been doing it when I met her, she'd already been teaching for over 20 years. And so collectively we've been doing it for probably about 60 years. I think that's probably about right. Um, and so the blessing is may the long time sun shine upon you, all love surround you and the pure light within you guide your way home. So I have it on a few things at the Zazzle store. And again, you can just go to Zazzle.com and, um, just search for a yogi kitchen. I try to make it as simple as possible to find me. Um, and there's aprons there. And so, um, you know, I don't make a huge amount of money off of these, but I do like offering these as mindful, um, consumerism so that we're really, we're really being not careful, but we're being mindful about where we spend our dollars. Um, so not buying someone another, whatever they don't really need. Um, I believe really, truly in buying experiences about spending time with the people that you love. Um, massages are great gifts. Of course, yoga classes or workshops or private sessions are great gifts. Um, but buying experiences, saying to someone, Hey, I'll take you to the theater. I'll take you to this, or we'll do this together. I think are much better gifts than, um, another video game or another, whatever couch throw that no one needs. Um, bottles of wine. Those are good. Those are good gifts that are, they're actual, um, tangible things, but, but experiences are really nice. And then, you know, if there's a reason to buy a t-shirt or, a an apron, or, um, there's a journal in there or a mug, then spending it with a small business, um, I think is a great way to spend your money versus giving it to Amazon. So anyway, so that's why I created the Zazzle store. I don't make a huge amount of money on it, but I do like having things. And people have asked me things where they can remember to say the, that prayer to themselves. It's not a prayer. It's a blessing to say that blessing to themselves. May the long time sun shine upon you. Um, ways to remember to inhale love, exhale peace. So it's, it's something I've kind of dabbled around with a little bit over the years. I've had this store for a few years and, you know, again, I don't make a huge amount of money on it. I've never, that was never my intention, but just to put that out there to have mindfulness in your, in your daily life, these reminders. Um, and the other thing I'm doing, and I'm really excited about this work. I really love it is I'm teaching breathe online as a one-on-one -on -one course. And it is so powerful as one-on-one. -on -one. I'm almost ready to let go of teaching it as a group course because as a group course, it hasn't worked as well as I had hoped. And somewhere in each course, I end up just saying, let's work on this individually together. So I'm at that place right now with everyone is they're all in different places in breathe online. Um, and I'm just working with them individually. So it's, it's really, it's not the same as when you sign up for the Breathe Online one-on-one -on -one course. One-on-one, um, -on -one, we work together every single week. 
and, or it doesn't have to be every single week. We decide at the beginning of the course what works well. Do you want to meet every week? Do you want to meet once a month? Do you want to meet every other week? Um, and I introduce the concept through either on face-to-face or on the phone or through something like Zoom or FaceTime. So we talk like this last session, we just talked about dialectical behavior therapy skills. And I tell you what skills I think are really helpful for who you are and what um, I'd like to see you practice because uh, based on the information that you give me about your life and about your mental health issues and what you're struggling with. And then throughout the week you work or two weeks or whatever it is, you work on those skills and you work on incorporating them into your life. And we have check-ins during the week. Um, So then after dialectical therapy skills, like right now, we're doing yoga poses. So at the beginning of that week, we'd get together. If we're lucky enough to get together face-to-face, you come to my home studio or to my home, and or I come to you, and we do the poses together. If not, then we just get on FaceTime or whatever, and I show you the poses that I think would be really great for you, and you can show me your poses, or we can just talk about it on the phone or just talk about it on FaceTime, the poses that I think are helpful poses for who you are and where you are in a practice. If you're brand new to yoga, then I just give you some basic poses to help you mindfully manage your mental health so that it'll soothe your nervous system, quiet your brain. You know, if you have a really busy brain, you might get more quieting poses than someone else. If um, your issue is more body pain, maybe you get more stretches and more opening than someone who has a busy brain, or maybe you have both. And so we mix it up. So it's always customized to who you are. And it's, it's six units. And I really believe strongly in those six units that if you work the different aspects of those six units in your life, you will be able to shift how you're managing mental health. And I don't have a goal for you. You have to figure that out on your own. So um, sometimes I have people who want to get off their meds. Sometimes I have people who want to um, supplement whatever their meds are doing for them. Um, Sometimes I have people who are not interested in taking meds at all and want to find alternate ways to manage their mental health. And so we just work together to find those six things that works. So the first one is getting clear and that's always about journaling. And so finding a, um, well, a way of checking in and then journaling about it, finding that pattern for you and finding ways that that can work for you. Sometimes it's creating gratitude lists. Sometimes it's just writing observations down about your check-ins, your yoga poses. Um, sometimes it's having certain questions to work on throughout the week. So, uh, we work on that's a whole unit self-care is a whole unit. So what kind of self-care really helps your brain and, and body shift quite a bit? Do you need to, you know, commit to doing massages? Do you need to commit to getting on the mat? Do you need to take long walks every day? What are the self-care kind of things that you can do for yourself? And that's a whole unit. And then we do a unit on dialectical behavior therapy skills. So these are skills, um, I learned by taking dialectical therapy and really fell in love with it. Um, and I ta- tell you, I teach you about what it is, but the whole idea is to get ourselves into the middle ground, to find the middle path where we're not relying solely on our feelings and we're not relying solely on our brains, but we're bringing it together for a mind, body, spirit connection and experience. And how do you get to that middle path? And there's lots of really concrete tools that you can use. Um, 
one thing mindfully, changing your body chemistry, um, progressive relaxation. There's a whole bunch of really hardcore skills. And we stay in DBT sometimes longer than the other units, and that's perfectly fine because there's lots of skills to kind of figure out, and not every skill works for every person. So figuring out which are the ones that are the best for you. And then we do yoga poses, and that's just figuring out the poses that are great for you, um, either when emotions are high or just to help you manage and maintain. And then we do nutrition and we talk about things that maybe you personally should be incorporating your diet, maybe things you need to edit out of your diet. And we sort of come up with a plan um, and it can be really specific, like eat these foods or here's a recipe, or it can be really general, like starting your day with certain kinds of foods and then ending your day with certain kinds of foods to help you manage your mental health throughout the day. And then finally, we spend a week putting it all together and saying, well, what if on, you know, and it can be any way that works for you. It can just be a list of these are the skills that I need to remember to incorporate into my life. It can be a let's put together a plan. So on Mondays, this is the work that you do. On Tuesdays, this is the work you do. It can be as structured or as unstructured as you like. And it's a really wonderful, wonderful way to manage mental health. And it doesn't have to be because you have a mental health issue or a diagnosis. We all need to manage our mental health. Just like you hydrate and you go to the gym for your body, we need to be doing these things for our brains because it's always, always, always about mind, body, spirit connection. And we're only taking care of our bodies, most of us, on a really consistent basis. And we need to take care of who we are mentally and who we are emotionally on a really consistent basis also. So that's what I'm working on. And it's $400 for the six units. You get to use it as much as you want. You get six individual sessions with me and then other check-ins throughout those units. Um, so that alone, just six sessions with me is worth almost $400. So you get that, you get worksheets. Um, I am working in, you get, you get, when you do yoga poses, you get this little, it's sort of like a mini booklet, like an ebook of yoga poses. And they're um, directions, how to get into them, and then also what their benefits are so that when I'm not around, you have, you have a hard copy and you can just look at, at what poses are really great. And especially if we've identified some that are just for you, those go in there also. Um, and you get worksheets to help you work through this stuff. So it's a lot of stuff for $400. It's a really, really good deal. And I am sweetening the deal that if you pay for this by the end of 2019, so it is a wonderful gift. I had someone give it um, this year, earlier this year. She gave it to her adult daughter who was just so grateful and did some really, really good work um, around this. She gave it to her daughter who was suffering uh, from a big loss. And we, we worked through a lot of this to help her manage the depression around her big loss. Um, so you can give it as a gift. You can do whatever, use it yourself. You just need to pay by 2019. So December 31st is the last day to buy this package and you get 50% off of everything I do in 2019. So you could buy it for your friend. Let's say I always find the little loopholes, little easy ways in my own deals. I probably shouldn't do that, but you buy it for a friend. Um, you can pay, you know, part of it now, part of it next year, part of it, whenever we can make up a payment plan. If you'd like to, you buy it for a friend. And then in 2019, you could take it yourself for $200. You could, um, take a, a workshop with me. You can fly to Kansas, take a workshop with me, 
drive to Kansas, take a workshop with me. Um, mostly my workshops and my private, my classes are in Kansas. Not always, but they have been. It's something I'm looking to shifting a little bit in 2019. Um, but if I do anything online, it's half off. If you're far away, if you find me in New York, Chicago, or Kansas, it's half off. And it's half off for the entire year of 2019. Anything that you want to take. So um, that's the really awesome holiday deal that I have. And then on a much smaller scale, the, um, the logo mugs and the logo wear that I'm, I'm enjoying creating. Um, actually, it's really fun to go in there and do that. So it's sort of a creative outlet for me. And, you know, if then you get a logo mug out of it, yay. So I hope you're having a really awesome Thursday. Um, I hope you're thinking about restarting and um, resetting. And really taking that time to ground yourself, you know, grow your roots before you pick up that foot again. And we're going to be talking more about this and about conserving our energy and doing more. Um, and this, all this work, I really feel falls under that breathe online. It's a lot of what we do in breathe online is we talk about editing in all these different areas of our lives in our self care and being able to say no more so that we can say yes to ourselves more and do more self care. Um, you know, being able to do more of the dialectical do more good nutrition to help our brains and all this stuff sort of falls into the starting over resetting. So it'd be lovely to have you join us or your loved ones join us for breathe online. Um, it is appropriate. I did just get this question not long ago. Is it appropriate for teenagers? And I would say yes, especially if they're the older, the 16, 17 year old teenagers. Well, I guess 17, 18, 19 year old teenagers, absolutely appropriate. 15, 16, if they're like sort of mature teenagers, yes. 13, 14 year olds, I can absolutely work with because I got kids my own age, that um, my own that age. Um, I don't know how effective it is for those kids um, is the only issue. If it's a mature 13 year old, absolutely. And because we're working one-on-one, -on -one, you know, it's always customized and it's always at their own pace. So um, I am a mom and I do really love working with kids. However, I am coming up specifically with a course for teenagers and it will be 13 through 19 year olds and it will be in person, but it'll also be online as part of the Breathe series. And that's coming in 2019. Um, so if you have an older teenager, an 18, 19 year old, absolutely Breathe Online is appropriate for them. And I don't know that doing it now is going to be that much different for them than doing it once Breathe Online for Teenagers comes out. And also there's going to be Breathe Online for Families. So I'm excited about these new things that are happening. Um, if you sign up and take Breathe Online with me, all you need to do is sign up in 2018. You can take it in 2019 whenever it works for you. But if you sign up now, then those things like Breathe Online for Teenagers will be 50% off for you. Or Breathe Online for your family will be 50% off for you. And you'll already have some of that um, language and some of that experience to share with your family once you get to it. So that's what's happening right now. Let's go ahead and end with our blessings. So take a moment, close your eyes. May the long time sun shine upon you, all love surround you, and the pure light within you guide your way home. Thank you so much for sticking with me for a much longer episode this time. I appreciate it. I hope you're having a fantastic Thursday and a wonderful holiday season. Namaste.